Ugh, I love Jenny Kane. At this very moment, I'm feeling so comfy and cozy as I'm practically getting a hug from my Jenny Kane crop cashmere cocoon cardigan. I am enjoying this sweater so much that I've been living in it all spring long. And with Mother's Day just around the corner, this is a feeling you can gift all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life by giving them the gift of Jenny Kane. Along with bringing you this episode, Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed so super easy. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. Jenny Kane means luxurious cashmere sweaters, iconic accessories, elevated versions of your everyday basics, plus the most incredible home essentials. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off and support the show. Jenny Kane is known for their quintessential sweaters, with their cotton collection providing you with the perfect everyday pieces as the days get warmer. But they also have gorgeous sundresses in a variety of silhouettes for any occasion and spectacular sandals to go along with them. Find the perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring go-tos at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code BIRTHFUL15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Get yourself and the mothers in your life the gift of Jenny Kane. Pregnancy and postpartum are some of the most nutritionally demanding times of your life, which makes sense because you're basically acting as your baby's pantry while pregnant or nursing. That's why the quality of your prenatal supplements is so vitally important. Hands down, the one I recommend is needed, so I'm thrilled to say that if you use the code BIRTHFUL at thisisneeded.com, you can get 20% off your first month of needed products. Needed is the number one nutrition brand recommended and used by me and over 4,000 practitioners, from nutritionists to midwives, functional medicine doctors, and OBGYNs. Needed is for anyone trying to conceive, pregnant, postpartum, and really, this is goodness you can use even before and beyond the perinatal years. Along with prenatals, Needed offers premium supplements for every stage, from egg quality support to a lactation support plan, a stress and sleep support plan, and a gut health plan. In fact, I've had clients rave about Needed's pre- and probiotic formula, saying how much better it made them feel compared to their usual probiotics. And to me, Needed's hydration support packets, which only have ingredients you can pronounce, are a must in any doula or hospital bag. Also, Needed's prenatal multi is available in capsules and easy-to-take vanilla powder for those with nausea or pill fatigue. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of Needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 20% off your first month of Needed products. 
Hello, welcome to Birthful Mighty Pair or Parent to Be. I'm Adriana Lozada, and right now we are in the midst of our series called Get a Head Start on Your Postpartum Logistics, where we are focusing on episodes to help you do just that. Now, recently I spoke with Ariana Taboada on what you need to plan your parental leave, and in that episode we focused more on the considerations on your end in terms of deciding how much time you want or can take off regardless of who you work for. So piggybacking on that, today we are going to go deeper into the specifics of navigating your HR or human resources department so you can better understand your benefits and how the time you take off may impact things like your health insurance, your paycheck, or when you're able to retire. The idea here is to help you find clarity so that you can make your benefits work for you and also hopefully avoid any unfortunate surprises relating to your parental leave. Now, I get that this is not the most fun thing to talk about, but hold on, hold on. This is not going to be some boring or anxiety-producing conversation thanks to Katie Dell's incredible ability in breaking it all down for us. I mean, personally, just the mere thought of this topic and all of its fine print had me overwhelmed. But in this conversation, I felt like the doula tables were turned because Katie is so knowledgeable and good at what she does that she made it so that it was not only not a painful experience, but I actually enjoyed talking about this. Basically, Katie was my podcast doula in this experience, if you will, and I am so grateful. Now, Katie has been a human resource professional since 2006 and has extensive experience with investigations in both a workplace and education setting and personally conducting or coordinating hundreds of investigations into issues of discrimination and harassment, along with serving as an independent third-party investigator for public K-12 organizations. Katie has also been an avid birthful listener, which, of course, I love. Since we spoke, two amazing initiatives have been passed into law in the U.S. The first one is the Pump for Nursing Mothers Act, which requires employers to provide reasonable break time for an employee to express breast milk for their nursing child and a place to pump other than a bathroom that is shielded from view and free from intrusions from co-worker or the public. The other initiative is the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which provides workers the right to receive reasonable accommodations like light duty, less physical demanding activities, more flexibility for breaks, scheduling of medical appointments, flexibility also in the access to food, water, bathrooms, and many other things during pregnancy, childbirth recovery, and postpartum. So this is a big win, and these initiatives will make it easier for millions to keep their jobs and livelihoods while also protecting their health. So do make sure that these accommodations are included in your conversation with HR. We've also linked all of these resources on the episode's webpage at birthful.com. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition.
Katie, I am so glad to have you here on the show. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled. And, you know, this is one of those topics that is vital. At the same time, it's so crazy overwhelming. Yeah, overwhelming is a great way to put it. And on top of it, you'd rather probably be paying attention to other things like, where will I have my baby sleep? (laughs) How will I decorate the nursery? How am I preparing to be a parent as opposed to let me ask nitty gritty details about my pay and benefits while I'm going to be off work for having my baby. Right, right. Even thinking of doing an episode on it, like I was reading through the the handouts that you sent me and I was getting anxious. So thank you for making this easier for me and then helping all the listeners, you know, make it easier for them as well. So let's get right to it. First, when should you contact your HR to learn about leave benefits? So I would recommend the ultimate time to do that is before you accept a job within an organization. Benefits are such a huge part of your compensation package in a lot of circumstances that you should be asking about them upfront before you ever say yes to your employer, because it might make or break your decision whether or not to accept a job. Are there a couple of things like that are the most important things to consider in that case? Because it's not like you're going to sit down before accepting the job and go through all the detailed benefits, or maybe that's just me. (laughs) Maybe you would. (laughs) No, um, I think it just depends. I think that there are some major things that you could ask about, like health insurance, for example. Do you offer health insurance? And if so, how much of it do you pay? And how much of it do I pay as the employee? Because Health insurance is incredibly expensive, and if your employer picks up a good portion of the tab, you might consider that when you are considering your total benefits package because it's almost like having additional salary. So I would probably be asking about major things like health insurance, ask about what types of leaves are available, what other insurances do they offer, like dental insurance disability insurance, especially in the case of people who are considering taking leave for the birth of a child or life insurance. And a lot of employers will already have some of that information just ready and available for you. But if they don't, start asking. So if you're already in a job, you're already committed, then when should you reach out to HR to learn about these benefits? So the second best time would be now, I would say, number one, before you're hired. But number two, Right now, whether or not you have a baby on the way, are planning to have a child, if you don't understand what's available to you, make an appointment to see the person that handles that in your organization. Sit down with them and start asking questions. You need to know what you have available to you just in case something would happen and you would need to avail yourself of those benefits. Is there any wiggle room for negotiation or is it pretty much like take it or leave it? You know, I think it just depends on the organization. There certainly could be, and there's no harm in asking. So let's say now you're pregnant. When should you let your employer know you're going to have a baby? This is a tough one because as an HR professional, I say ASAP. If you find out, sit down and start talking with them. Although I know that sometimes people have concerns or misgivings about doing that. They might be concerned What if it's too early and something happens with the baby and then I have to break the bad news to them? Or what if it might affect my ability to be promoted, for example? So 
it's just such an individual situation. You would have to really think through the potential ramifications of sharing the news, decide when the best time is for you. And of course, as always, follow your employer's policy if they have one about reporting potential need for leave. So maybe that's the one of those things that you need to find out quite in advance to know when you have to <laughs> let them know. Right, right. And each employer is unique. When planning for that transition of of with your with your boss, so not necessarily with the HR department, and depending on the size of the company, obviously that might be altogether the same person. But when planning for that transition, what are some things that you should consider and iron out before you go on on leave in terms of the, the work part and having that transition be easy or something that can help you for when you come back if you're coming back. I would suggest just have a plan yourself. Go in with a plan. Um, think about each of your major responsibilities. Think about the timing of your leave. Think about how much leave you plan on potentially requesting and or needing. And then sit down with your boss and say, here's what I've got going on. Here's my proposal. Are you okay with it? Because I think that you're the best resource for how that transition could go, who could take over your workload, and what that might look like specifically. Right. And what sort of, what timing do they need to plan and prepare for that transition? Like, do you have to train this person? Yeah, exactly. Flipping that over to the, to the HR department, what's the best way to go about the process of navigating your leave and the benefits with your HR person or benefits admin? So I like face-to-face -face meetings. I think nothing can substitute for them. So if it's an option for you, do your best to sit down face-to-face -face with the person that handles the benefits in your organization. Just call and say, hey, I'm having a baby or considering it or my significant other will be having one. Is there anything that I could do to schedule a time with you to sit down and talk about the ramifications to my pay and benefits and what leave is available to me while I'm gone? And when we talked ahead of time, you also, you had a great suggestion of bringing in somebody with you to the meeting. Yeah. Why is this a good idea? Well, you know, it's so overwhelming. Like we talked about earlier, you've already got a lot on your mind. You probably have a baby on the way and are thinking about a million things per minute. So just bring a friend with you. It's a second set of ears, maybe someone to take notes, somebody that might catch something that you didn't or think to ask a question that you wouldn't. So if your employer allows it, bring a friend, bring a union rep. If you have a union rep, bring your significant other, bring your mom. I think just having a second set of ears can be really helpful so that you don't miss anything important. And say you went through it and you weren't sure of something, is it okay to go back for another meeting to confirm details? Oh, yeah. And I absolutely love when people do that. My favorite thing is when someone reaches out and says, hey, you're the second person I contacted after I got that positive pregnancy test. I want to start talking right now. And I love when they confirm and follow up. If you don't understand, don't be afraid to ask questions. And it's the employee's responsibility ultimately to make sure that they are understanding what they're entitled to and what's expected of them. So if you are unclear you need to start asking questions. What is the best way to get that? I'm sure your HR department should have a lot of materials with this information or, or written up somewhere. You mentioned to me before, I thought that was a great idea too, to 
you know, take notes or better to ask them to send you the information they've shared with you in writing <laughs> to get, uh, yeah. get, get it in writing. Is that annoying to you? Like if somebody says, no. we just had this whole meeting, I took notes and say, hey, can you take another, you know, whatever hour of your time and write this stuff up for me on paper? For me, it's not annoying because I probably already have what we talked about somewhere in writing and I, I probably already sent it to you, but absolutely not. And if there were specifics that you wanted clarified, maybe add that, say, you know, we talked about my options for additional unpaid leave when I use up all my paid leave. Could we talk through that again and what that specifically looks like? And maybe ask questions to prompt them to answer in writing, just so you know that you're getting the information that it is that you're unclear about. I think it helps with initial clarification. And then in the unfortunate event that there might be a different opinion that has some kind of material effect on you in the future, you could produce that documentation and say, well, I had this email from the HR person on this date, and here's what they told me in writing. Yeah, yeah. Especially even if, if the HR person switches or you're talking to a different, it's or your company is so big that, that it's a big HR department. Right. Yeah. And another issue that I find often comes up is before the baby arrives, you're often talking in generalities. What happens if my baby arrives early? What happens if my baby arrives on time? What happens if my baby arrives a little bit past their due date? What happens if I have complications? So I find that it also helps to run scenarios, if you will. Usually when I'm first talking with people after they've announced that they're going to be having a baby is to say, well, let's assume you have your baby on your exact due date. And let's assume you have no complications. So I start with a set of assumptions and then we work scenarios from there. So do the same thing for yourself. Think about all the potential contingencies that could come up and then ask about how each of those would have an impact on your leave or your pay or your benefits or all of the above. I love the idea of running scenarios. I know you've been doing this for a whole for a long time. Does past experience inform the different scenarios that you propose? You know, I would say so. I'm kind of surprised how many people actually have their baby on or near the due date. So when I'm talking with employees, I'll typically say something like, let's assume you have complications and you're put on bed rest early. Let's talk about what that might look like. And then let's assume... You have the baby without any sort of unforeseen complications on your due date. Let's talk about what that would look like. So then they've kind of got an idea, you know, if everything goes as planned, which it probably doesn't ever actually go as planned, here's what's likely to happen for me. And then you can also be planning in advance. So a lot of the assumptions that I present to people are based on, well, here's how much leave you have now. So think about that. If you want to go to Hawaii and take your baby moon before your baby comes, how will that impact what's available to you when the baby actually comes? And maybe it will affect your decision making in terms of taking leave prior to the baby's arrival. And I find that because it's so uncertain when the baby's going to arrive, that if you plan, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take leave a week before my due date, but then the baby is a week and a half late. That's three and a half weeks that you were gone. 
that's a big chunk of your leave. Exactly. And some employers may not allow you to take time off before. Maybe they'll only allow you to do so once you have a medical need. It just depends. And you did send me, it was an overwhelming list of questions that I'm going to like probably just read too quickly for people just to then ask them to breathe through because I, I couldn't get through it without like, wait, you need to stop, take a break. And maybe that's just because I'm self-employed. So it's things that I never have to deal with. Um, but you have a whole other set of concerns. Like, how am I going to provide for myself while I'm not working? I'm not saying it's better or worse. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just equally stressful. <laughs> Diaper rash. It can be a truly uncomfortable experience for a baby. And so I find that one of the biggest conundrums when diapering is figuring out what diaper cream to use. So many options are thick and goopy, making them hard to apply and hard to wipe off. But I can personally say that this is not the case for Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant that is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, designed as a breathable formula to help maintain an optimal skin barrier while allowing the healing to occur. This butt balm was developed by a mom who is also a doctor, hence the name Dr. Mom Butt Balm, when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash and she wasn't about to settle. So she created Dr. Mom Butt Balm to go on smooth and be easy to remove while also being gentle on your baby's delicate skin. With Dr. Mom Butt Balm, you can say goodbye to excessive wiping to clean your little one's already chafed skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is so soft and goes on so smooth that you'll only need a small amount instead of having to layer on a thick goop. Plus, it has a lovely minty scent. Learn more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com. That's drmombuttbalm.com or look for it at amazon.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Acorns, and sometimes I find that investing gets put off because it doesn't seem urgent or because with our busy lives, we may not have the time to research and manage said investments, which is why I so appreciate that Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future and that you don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just your spare change. So for example, I take advantage of Acorn's roundup feature where they round up the purchase amounts I make in my linked account to the nearest dollar, and then they automatically transfer that to my invest account portfolio. Also, Acorns can recommend an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. For me, that's easy-peasy investing. Head to acorns.com slash birthful or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier 1 compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash birthful. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors LLC Acorns is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorn Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Reading through some of these questions that we're going to get to in a minute, 
they have such a big emotional component to it as well. Because considering these scenarios is actually having you, it's almost like creating a birth plan. (sighs) Right. It really isn't just about deciding about how much time you're going to take. You're asking the person to put their themselves into that possibility and that's so emotional it is it is especially if you start talking about how will you prepare if you're going to be without pay or without a portion of your pay for a significant amount of time that's huge especially when you're going to be having a baby and having all kinds of new expenses heaped upon you medical bills diapers that kind of thing i've often wondered if banks should start. They've got Christmas club accounts to save for Christmas presents. Maybe you should start a baby club account to start saving for when you add this person to your family and have more expenses anyway, but also in a lot of cases face the possibility of being without a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Yes. So let's go through some of these scenarios. How do you want to do this? Do you want me to read the questions and go from there? Or do you have some scenarios in your mind that can tie into the questions? No, I think question sounds good. All right. Here goes. So some of the questions for your HR person is, will I have a job when I return? Will I return to my regular job when I come back from leave? If not, what job will I have? What happens if there's a reduction in force within my organization while I'm on leave? What are all of the leaves that I am or may be entitled Two, for my pregnancy, for childbirth, for postpartum recovery period, for any complications that arise with my new child, for time to bond with my child. And I think let's break that one down a little bit because what are the different types of leaves and what's usually sort of the ballpark limits of each? I think it depends based on where you live. I would start maybe at the top of the pyramid, if you will. What is the federal law? or national law require of your employer to provide you. And then look at your state. Are there any requirements from your state for leave? How about your local municipality or city or ward that you live in? Do they have additional requirements? And then finally, look at your specific employer organization. What is it that they're offering you via policy or negotiated agreement? And you'll just have to layer those pieces on top of each other because they may meet or overlap, and it just depends upon the situation. I've seen examples of times where people maybe just didn't have enough paid leave to cover their entire FMLA period, or you may be offered a paid leave that's not 100% of your normal salary. So you need to find out, if I have paid leave, is it 100% of my salary? Is it lesser? Okay, then how does that impact my paycheck? And because also that that leave includes like you said it's not only just after baby is born but like if your child is sick one day it's coming out of that right yeah more than likely just depending on your organization so that's another consideration okay i have this available to me now when i go back to work i probably need something available to me in case my baby gets sick or i get sick so you might need to do what you can to save some of the leave or find out what is available to you if you've used it all up during your period of maternity leave. 
Right, which ties in nicely to a question you had next on my list here, which is what is the maximum amount of time away, including any extended unpaid time that is allowed? Because it might be that, okay, fine, that you went through, you don't have any more family leave time left, and you've gone through all your vacation time, and you still need to take time away. Like, how do you navigate that without being basically said, well, you can't, you know, continue on the job anymore? Right. And that could unfortunately happen just depending upon the situation. So ask the questions in advance. Let's say that your employer says you get 12 weeks paid no matter what to use per year and you have your baby early in the year. Well, you might want to leave yourself a cushion just in case baby gets sick later on and you need something available to you to take later on in the year. It's also complicated. (laughs) (laughs) But knowledge is power, so we continue on. Some other questions you had here is, is there flexibility in how I use my leave time? Can I use some of my leave to work part-time or reduce scheduled when I return? Can I reserve some of my leave for later, which you mentioned before? Do any of these leaves run concurrently or are they sequential? With that one, what do you mean? So the FMLA is a great example of that. Like I said earlier, the law allows employers to require employees to use their paid leave concurrently or at the same time that they're on FMLA leave, although they don't have to require it. So let's say they don't and you have six weeks of paid leave, you could in theory take your 12 weeks of FMLA and then tack on six weeks of your paid leave at the end of it. Okay, that makes sense to me. Other things that you had here are, what do I need to do to request or apply for each sleeve? When do I need to do that by? And is there a specific form or process that I need to use? Which of the leaves are paid and which are not? How much of my salary will I receive while I'm on leave? Which we talked a little bit about. And then what if anything is expected of me while I'm on leave? Do I have to check in? When? How? With who? Is this really a thing? Do you have to like, I thought if you're on leave, you're on leave. Not necessarily. In some cases, for example, with FMLA, it's possible that your employer may require you to check in and just say something as simple as, I still anticipate returning on my planned return date. Or to let your employer know, conversely, I think I may need or want some additional leave time. Here's my plan. Let's work on getting that approved. So it just depends. What happens if You originally created a plan. It was approved. Everybody's on board that you're going to be back after, say, six weeks. And then something happens and you actually cannot return at six weeks. You're going to have to take two more weeks or a week. How can you navigate that? As soon as you know that that's a possibility, contact your employer and ask about it. Say, you know, my doctor indicated I need some additional recovery time. I've had some unforeseen circumstances come up with my recovery what do I need to do? They're recommending two more weeks than they did originally. Just contact your employer as soon as possible. Don't ever, ever put yourself in a position where you just don't show up on your planned return date and don't have communication with your employer about that because that could spell trouble for you. I know some employers have policies where if you don't return on your expected return date, that is equivalent to a resignation. So they may assume you've quit and then try to find your replacement in the meantime. I'm just like feeling that scenario and how rough that would be and how if you're, you know, in the midst of it with your child, you know, that's the last thing you're thinking of. 
it's a tough situation. You also had to, this is very interesting to me, asking your payroll person to see if they could estimate what your paycheck will look like when you are on leave. Because even a regular paycheck to me looks kind of already hard to navigate with the things that are taken off and the things that, you know, what which benefits are covered, what's not. Like this is going we through your insurance or through your husband's insurance. So is this really common? Like do people come up and ask you, can you just estimate what am I gonna how am I gonna pay or how much I'm gonna get paid and when's that gonna when that's gonna happen? Yeah, I would say that's fairly common. Some employers even have software available directly to employees through their payroll systems where you can go in and estimate the impact on your own paycheck. But I would say, talk to your person who does payroll. And if you know you might be taking some leave that will be partially or entirely unpaid, what does that look like on your paycheck? What net amount might you expect to take home? Or what kinds of benefits might you need to be paying for out of pocket when you don't have a paycheck to deduct them from? Ah, very interesting because, yeah, how your leave is going to impact your benefits. Right. Health insurance is so expensive and it can cost, in general, I would say anywhere from $600 for a single plan up to $2,000 for a family plan per month. If you don't have a paycheck to deduct that from and you can stay on your health insurance, you might have to pay for that entire premium out of pocket. And a lot of people don't realize how much that expense is because your employer picks up at least a portion of the tab. But in some circumstances, just based on your scenario, your benefit may not be protected, nor might it typically be paid for at 100%. So just be planning to potentially have to pay for, for example, your health insurance premium out of pocket while you're out on leave. And it's a critical time where you probably have a lot of health insurance claims coming in and you can't let that coverage lapse. Would that payroll or benefits person be able to, when they estimate your paycheck, you know, take that into consideration clearly? Typically, yes. I would say that's something that they're going to discuss up front with you. It's usually pretty easy for people to say, here's how much you're going to owe for health insurance. It might be tough in some circumstances to say, here's the exact net amount of pay you'll take home, but they know what the cost for health insurance is and how much of it you're going to be responsible for, if any, while you're on leave. Yeah. Oof. You also had here, how do contributions to FSAs or HSAs work while I'm on leave? Is that a similar situation that with the premiums for insurance? Absolutely, because if you are contributing to an FSA or HSA via payroll, deduction and you don't have a check or an entire paycheck to have it deducted from, there might be some ramifications to those savings tools. So you need to pay attention to that in advance. In addition, if your employer doles, doles portions of them out as benefits and you're taking a leave that doesn't have your benefits protected, you might not be getting those contributions. So let's say you've got an FSA card and you're at the pharmacy ready to swipe the card for your prescription for your new baby and you're expecting there to be a certain dollar amount on it and there isn't, that would be a terrible situation to be in. So ask about that in advance so you know if you're contributing to those kinds of tools, how much will continue to be contributed by whom and when. Exactly. And 
In your particular line of work, because you work within a school system, there is another level of things to consider, which is accrued our time and service benefits. Can you explain a little bit what that's about? Because I know there's probably a lot of teachers listening. Sure. And that's not unusual among a lot of organizations. Your pay may be partially based upon your service with the organization, and there may be a minimum service time required. So if your leave may impact that, you want to know that in advance. You don't want to find out next year, oh, I don't get another year of service for salary purposes because I took too much leave to be eligible for it last year. You want to know about that in advance and make an informed decision as to whether you actually want to take that amount of leave or not. Right, because that can impact all kinds of things in terms of like even when you're due for promotion or for seniority or for or when you can retire. Exactly. Well, in a lot of retirement plans, base your eligibility for retirement off a combination of age and years of service. So there again, a lack of years of service could impact your eligibility for when you can retire. And they'll base that retirement benefit oftentimes off of a calculation that includes years of service and salary, which could be negatively impacted by taking leave as well. So if that's going to happen, you want to know now So you can account for that in your decision-making purposes so that you don't find out later the hard way, if you will, thinking that you're ready for retirement. And then they say, oh, no, remember that time you took time off for your new baby? Uh, You can't retire till next year because of that. Have you seen that scenario happen? Unfortunately, I've seen similar things happen. People just maybe forgot about taking leave or maybe just didn't realize for whatever unfortunate reason that that was going to cause an issue for them. And so I'd rather know upfront and say, okay, I know that and I'm, I'm making the purposeful decision that I will delay my potential retirement by a year because it's more important for me now to be with my little one or it's important for me to retire at that time. I've got plans. And so I'm going to come back to work a little bit earlier than I kind of wish that I would get to just because I don't want it to impact my retirement negatively. In my current organization, for retirement purposes, it's a state retirement plan and it's a number of hours you have to hit. So one hour literally could make the difference. Right. And you certainly want to know about this, because if you have to work a whole extra year because of an an hour that you stayed home. Yeah, you might be a little disappointed with yourself if you find out much after the fact. Ah, That would suck. (laughs) Other questions you had here are that are great is when do I have to finalize my departure and return to work dates? Right. Like all these cutoff moments. It's all about cutoffs, it seems. Like quantities and cutoffs. And you just got to know all when these all these things are happening. Right. Um, And there's so much gray area that it's nice when there is, oh, good. I know there is a deadline for that. So I can meet that. That's not a problem. True. Everything else is gray. True. And and also, it's not all negative. Um, You had a, a bunch of questions here also in terms of what other assistance programs your employee might have, like that you could take advantage of, such as counseling for postpartum depression, setting up a will, financial planning, yeah, or childcare related benefits that 
or like an, a, a fabulous addition that you, if you didn't know, then again, you would be kicking yourself. Right, exactly. So ask the questions, you know, what benefits are available to me? And I would say maybe at the end of your discussion with your payroll or benefits or HR person say, are there any benefits available to me that I didn't ask about or didn't think about? Mm. I just want to make sure I know what's available to me so I can take advantage of it. What other things are we are we leaving here out? Are we leaving out here? I can't even speak anymore. Are we leaving out? I think that's it. And I also think it's really important to not only plan for your departure from and time away from work, but plan your return to work. Also considerations about, for example, if you're going to be expressing breast milk at work, if that is something that you plan to potentially do, start having the conversation with your employer now. Say, what kind of space is available to me? When can I do it? Where can I store my breast milk? Who do I go to if I have concerns about this? And let them know that that's your plan so that they're prepared for it. And if they don't have a space set up, they can make sure to have one. They can account for it in your schedule if possible and can work with you to make that as smooth a process as possible. And, you know, by law, depending where you are, and but in the United States, a lot of places have to provide, employers have to provide you with the time and space to properly pump and, and not necessarily have it be a bathroom, but like an actual private separate place. So definitely if they don't already have a place for that and it needs to be planned so that you're not disappointed when you come back. Right. Exactly. It's, it's going to be tough, I think, to return anyway, especially if you are breastfeeding and or pumping. So just smooth that transition as much as possible and give your employer the chance to be aware and be ready to work with you when you come back in terms of that space and that schedule and just knowing in advance that that will go smoothly because you've had the conversations in advance and they're prepared just as much as you are. Katie, what if the benefits you have don't match up with what you want to do during your leave? Do you have any options? That's a great question. I would say make sure you know what all of your options are first. And then at that point, you might need to consider alternate arrangements, which could include maybe applying for another job. Maybe ask your employer, could I take a part-time job or go part-time for some time to make this work out for me? Is there another job in the organization that I could apply for where I could get what it is that I need? I would be careful or wary about making a rash decision and leaving that employer due to those concerns unless you know your new employer is going to actually be able to meet your needs. Mm. And you mentioned something about when you wrote to me about purchasing income replacement insurance. What is that about? That's great. I'm glad you mentioned it because we hadn't discussed it yet. So a lot of employers will offer programs such as short or long-term disability insurance plans that you can participate in. Some are entirely employer-funded some are funded only by the employee. If your organization doesn't offer them, you could seek an outside source like an insurance broker to offer them to you. But if you don't have money in savings to account for the loss of pay and potentially benefits while you're on leave, you might want to consider purchasing 
for example, a disability insurance program just as income replacement for you while you're gone and really carefully weigh out the cost of the premiums versus what kind of income you'll be taking in. And when you do that, you want to find out what's the payout? What are the premiums? Are there any waiting periods involved? What's the maximum period of time that you'll pay out on? And do the math. It's not too hard with those to do a cost-benefit analysis. Your insurance provider should be able to help you do that if you're not sure how to do it. But that's a great option for a lot of people who maybe just don't have the funds and savings to cover their lack of salary or benefits while they're on leave. I think being strategic about it is is really key. If you know you what you have available to you and you know what your plans are, do your best to plan accordingly. I know I want 12 weeks with my baby at home and I only get 14 weeks total per year. So I think that that two-week cushion will be sufficient for me should there be an emergency when I return. So I'm going to go ahead and take those 12 weeks at home. You'll just have to think through every scenario. And if something unexpected comes up, be, be prepared to adjust. If you get put on bed rest for a month before your due date, that might really make an impact on how much time you get with the baby after they arrive. What are some best case, worst case scenarios that you have seen without throwing anybody under the bus, naming names, but, you know, things that you've been like, huh, this could have been avoided? You know, the, just... I think one of the most unfortunate things is when people make assumptions. You know, I assume I get to take leave in the first place and maybe you're not eligible for leave. Or I assume I get to take a certain amount of leave and I don't get to. And they find out kind of late in the game or those unfortunate situations where people knew they might be getting a smaller paycheck, but didn't quite understand what that would look like. So they get their small paycheck and then realize, oh, my stars, I don't have enough money to cover my bills and my diapers. What am I going to do? So do your best to know (laughs) in advance what's going to be happening for you and what's available to you when you're gone. You don't want to be the one who goes without a paycheck and didn't anticipate it. No, no. And the, and the last thing you need is more anxiety when you're Ugh. dealing with a fresh newborn. Oh. Right. You know, I, one other thing that I think may potentially be helpful for you is to just ask your friends or family mm. if they've had a baby recently. How did it go for you? What did your employer offer you for leave and benefits? What did you have to do to get them? What was the impact on your pay? Do you have any tips for me? So maybe just ask somebody else. And I think it's really helpful if you have a friend that works in your own organization that might have some experiences to share from you. But just ask questions, no matter who you ask. And I would say, always, always go to the subject matter experts because your friend who works next door to you in the same office building might have a different situation than you that you just don't understand. So don't take their word for it that they know exactly what will happen for you because their situation might have been a little different. Go ask the experts or the people who administer the benefits for your organization. Okay, what will happen for me? So you know. Yeah. And asking them is just a way of getting comfortable, I think, also with the process and and thinking, oh, this was what, you know, how did it feel for you? And what would you rather have done differently? But yeah, ultimately, get the information from the horse's mouth. 
And I can't believe I just said that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Katie, thanks again for, for reaching out to do this show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Adriana. I just, I am so grateful for the work that you do. I am an avid listener of your podcast and I hope I can just pay back a little bit of all of the goodness that you are constantly putting out into the world for people. I've learned so much from you and I'm so, so grateful for you and the work that you do. Thank you. That was Katie Dow, who is a human resources specialist, as well as coach for high achieving women who struggle with anxiety. Katie has over 16 years of human resources and leadership experience and specially enjoys working with other women in positions of leadership. In her company, Problem to Resolution, she focuses on coordinating and conducting investigations into issues of discrimination and harassment. You can learn more at problemtoresolution.com and you can connect with us on Instagram at Birthful Podcast. In fact, if you're not driving, it would be lovely if you would take a screenshot of this episode right now and then post it to Instagram sharing your biggest takeaway from the episode. Maybe it was how you may have to pay for your own health insurance premiums while on leave. That one certainly blew us away. Make sure to tag at Birthful Podcast so we can see it and amplify it. You can find the in-depth show notes and transcript of this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn more about my birth and postpartum preparation classes and download your free postpartum preparation plan. Do consider joining me for one of the classes. I'd love to see you there. And then also, if you find this podcast to be an invaluable resource for you, then a really great way to support us is by, yes, taking any one of the classes that I mentioned, maybe doing a doula workshop with me, or trying out some of the amazing products made by our sponsors. This is what allows us to continue doing this work. Birthful is created and produced by me, Adriana Lozada, with production assistance from Asia Plati. Thank you, thank you so very much for listening to and sharing Birthful and telling your friends all about it. Be sure to follow us on Good Pods, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and everywhere you listen. And then come back for more ways to inform your intuition. <laughs>